welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 114 for Saturday the 18th of August 2018. And I'm recording this on Thursday evening, unusually without a cup of tea and with a glass of red wine so it might deteriorate before the end, um, because I'm away over the weekend celebrating my wife's birthday and going to see a Scottish band called Runrig up at Stirling. Now, I've been following Runrig. The band have actually been going for 45 years, since 1973. I discovered them at a rather drunken Scottish Hogmanay celebration. I think it must have been 1991. We were trying to figure it out. 1990, 1991. And I've been to several concerts. And when I was at the BBC, I interviewed the band. So I've followed them for many, many years. And it's their final, it's their last ever concert on Saturday. And we've managed to get tickets for that. So we're heading up to Scotland where it's on my wife's birthday, which is fantastic. My sister and her husband are coming up as well. So that's where we are. We're all jumping in a car and going up to Stirling for the weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. So that's why this is being recorded a little bit earlier. So I just wanted to bring you up to date with my author news. And I guess the, the thing that we need to discuss first is author income. Now, uh, what I don't want to do is kind of overwhelm you with lots of numbers. What I will do is give you like a month view, uh, a month after the the book bub promo so that you get an idea of the numbers. But I, I can just give you a kind of a few conclusions about the book bub promo, uh, just a couple of pointers. So I can tell you it, um, it's really actually difficult to put your finger on what you've earned because in Draft the Digital, they estimate the earnings. And last week, it was, I can't remember what it was, 100 and whatever it was um, for the last two days of July. That's what it was, wasn't it? And then it went down. And now it's gone up to something like 440 something. Um, and that's going to be the final amount paid. So it kind of doubled. It went down a little bit. I thought, oh, that's disappointing. And then it kind of more than doubled. And that's what I'm going to get paid. So it really is very, very difficult to work out what your income is going to be when you're trying to calculate it across five channels. Now, I'm not even bothering with Google Play, so I've disregarded Google Play entirely. Just let me tell you where we're up to so far. Um, So how many days is it after the promo? Is it 18 days? But 18 days of promo. And in that time, I I estimate that I've made um, £3,200 or thereabouts. As I say, very difficult to put a precise number on. It's going to be easier if I tell you just what I get paid at the end of the month. Now, my number one earner is iBooks. I've earned more from iBooks than I have uh, from Amazon, virtually all the way through this. So Amazon um, was my biggest earner on on days one and two. And then pretty well after that, uh, iBooks kicked in. Certainly by day four, it kicked in. And it remains my my biggest earner, making more money from iBooks than I am from Amazon at the moment. And I've earned more money on every day except one, two, three, four days. So four out of the 18 days, I earned less than I did. So on um, so my, uh, minus 30 pounds on one day, minus 31 on another day, minus 26 on another day, and minus 13 on another day. So... Um, 
it's very comparable. It's too it's too early to call whether it's going to be more than going in KDP Select or whether it's going to be less than that. Um, whatever happens, it's going to be thereabouts. It's not going to be drastically more, I don't think. It's not going to be drastically less. Um, it's pretty comparable. Uh, uh, with the numbers I've got so far and with this kind of moving target that I'm trying to hit. So iBook's better than Amazon, but in order of how much income they've brought in, iBooks first, Amazon second, Barnes and Noble third, and Kobo fourth, and then and then Google Play. And I'm really not quite sure what I've made on Google Play yet. Now, what I'm just going to do in my spreadsheet very quickly is I'm just going to do a, a quick calculation to tell you how much I made from Barnes and Noble. Reason for that is I've been all snooty about Barnes and Noble, you know, sort of saying things like. <laughs> you know, Everybody on Barnes and Noble must have bought my book and, and things like that. And and I, I want to I want to I want to eat humble pie with Barnes and Noble. I shouldn't have said that because in a small way, well Barnes and Noble's better than Kobo for me. It's worked better than Kobo. And I've made three hundred and forty seven pounds on Kobo in eighteen days. And I, I just thought, you know, that that wasn't really fair of me saying that about Barnes and Noble, because three hundred and forty seven pounds, frankly, has paid for my advertising costs. So I kind of put Amazon iBooks and Kobo go into my pocket and Barnes & Noble, as good as, has paid my advertising costs. So it's wrong of me to dismiss Barnes & Noble because they have made a, a valuable contribution to the income on this launch. So I take back everything I ever said, Barnes & Noble. Um, thank you very much. And we've had some, uh, what was the highest down Barnes & Noble? £37? Got a £31 down there. You know, it's not a lot, but actually over the course of these days, it's been very consistent and it's been more than Kobo. So it's been all right. I'm not moaning about Barnes & Noble at all. So th that's kind of the run of it, really. Um, I, I, I just need to wait and see what gets paid into my account, I think. What I can tell you is when I was, before we did this promo, I gave you a, a kind of couple of um, objectives that I had. Uh, the first objective, as always, is to cover my costs, is to, is to just be in profit from my costs. And we did that virtually within two or three days, I think. The other objectives were, you know that I'd spent quite a lot of money on this course through the business. And also, I, I hadn't budgeted the VAT on Stuart Bache's cover, so that had taken me a little bit by surprise. And um, I had to find a little bit of extra money. What I can tell you, is that all those things are, are paid now. That's all sorted. All those have gone. Uh, that's put lots of cash flow sort of back into circulation. And we're now, we're now saving up for the edit on so many lies. So that's my next objective. If I pay off the course, finish off paying off the covers, and I manage to get my um, so many lies book, uh, I'll need about £900 for that. If I can pay for the edit for that, then I'm very happy, very, very happy with this launch. It's been very good for to me. Now, at the time of recording this, and this is all for you, I've, I've pretty well exclusively only been looking uh, at iBooks because that's really where the excitement's been. I sort of expect Amazon to be doing what Amazon is doing, but iBooks is the one that's been exciting me. So if I just go into Amazon first, um, and let's have a look at where my books are in Amazon as I record this. So I'm in the UK Amazon at the moment. Um, Don't Tell Meg, which is still free, by the way, is still currently number one in Vigilante Justice, Kidnapping and Psychological. That's in the UK. And remember, oh, it's it's number 43 in the entire Kindle store as well. 
Actually, see, that's a surprise to me because I haven't been looking at Kindle at all. I kind of expect it in Kindle. iBooks has been the surprise to me. I haven't been looking at Kobo and I haven't been looking at Barnes & Noble because although they're bringing income in, I'm not excited about the chart positions. So even 18 days in, we're number one in those categories. Now, remember, I put myself in those categories because they're less competitive than top-level categories. So I've been number one for a couple of weeks now in those categories. And because I'm number one, it makes it easier for people to find me in those categories. And so that means that people keep getting the, the free book. Now, if I go to the USA, I'm only going to go between the USA and, the, and America, because frankly, those are the two main sort of portals, marketplaces that I'm interested in. And currently in the USA, I'm four in serial killers, I'm five in uh, crime, and five in psychological. And, and that dips up and down. I think it's been sort of two, three, four, five. Those are the positions I've been. I've never been number one, I don't think. Or if I was, I missed it in the American chart. So those are in the free charts. And and so that that's giving me, if you want, a prominence and position for free. Let's go and take a look at what the paid books are doing. So if I go to Paul J. Teague, we'll have a look at the murder place. Uh, and let's see what that's doing. It's um, it, it's kind of it's 187 in kidnapping, 272 in serial killers, 460 in psychological. That's in the States. And then in the UK, let's have a look at where it is. The murder place is 48 in kidnapping. Uh, 56 in Vigilante Justice, 117 serial killers. So neither here nor there. The, the, the key point here is that what, what I know now from doing two book bubs is that my Don't Tell Meg trilogy has a really good uh, read-through. I must calculate what the percentage is, actually. Um, but I, I, you, ju you could just feel it because I'm constantly selling books two and three. So it, it certainly has a good enough read-through rate for me to make uh, money on it uh, while I'm giving away Don't Tell Meg for free. So um, I, I know that while I'm sort of number one or in the top five in those uh, portals, in those categories, it's going to drive traffic through the free book and a certain number of people are then going to go and buy the book. So that's what's bringing the money in at the moment. Now, iBooks is the one that's still exciting me, though I am beginning to drop in iBooks now. So if I have a look at iBooks now, um, I, I've, I, I'm um, in the paid chart. The Murder Place is number 28 in Crime and Thrillers. And the Murder, sorry, The Forgotten Children, I can't remember the name of my own books, is... Uh, at number 52. And at number 52, by the way, just to put this into context, um, Paula Hawkins, Into the Water, is 54, and Lee Child, um, The Midnight Lion, is number 54. So 53 is Paula Hawkins, 54 is Jack Reacher, and I'm 52. And then uh, when I'm at number 28 with The Murder Place, you've got, uh, what will you recognise on this line? Not sure what everybody will recognise on that line. But I'm, I'm with a lot of uh, top sellers. Let's put it this way. I'm, when I'm number 28 in iBooks, uh, just above me on the next row is Bill Clinton and James Patterson. So that that's you know that feels pretty nice. And I'm, so I'm still in those charts. That's in the paid chart. In the free charts, I'm beginning to drop. So I was number one for ages in the top free books in crime. But I'm now at number 12. And, and, and I think, you know, really, although I'm sending BookBub ads traffic to, to Don't Tell Meg, Really, I don't think I can compete now with other people who've got promotions, you know, other people who've got book bubs. I just can't compete with that level of traffic. But I'm still holding my own. I'm still on the top row of the top uh, free book. So that, you know, again, that, that kind of feels okay to me. That, that doesn't feel like it's a, a kind of tragic 
uh, situation. Let me just go to the front page. Can I do that in iBooks? I'm not a big fan of iBooks, as you can tell. It's a bit hard to navigate around. Now, um, the other thing that I have been in iBooks, I'll just try and get back there, actually, while I'm chatting to you. I have been on the front page constantly, which has been brilliant for me. I've had all three books on the front page. Let me just have a quick look now and see if I still am. Uh, I'm very surprised at this 18 days out, so I've been really lucky with it, to be honest with you. Um, and I've been a section called, and it doesn't, it's not on there all the time, so I'm looking at it right now. No, I don't think I'm in there at the moment. They've got, they've got sections that are curated, like most anticipated, books we're loving, read it before you see it, trending. No, they, they haven't got me on at the moment, but they have a something like, is it um, you might have missed or something? And when they have the you might have missed section, I've been in there now for um, 18 days uh, with all three books. It's been amazing. So all of these things must be helping me to drive lots of traffic. But at the moment, uh, a low income day actually today on iBooks. But um, so, so, you know, whatever, that's fair enough. Uh, low income day today, but I, uh, it has been very consistently my, my top earner since we've been doing the, the launch. Um, so that's kind of where we are with the, the BookBub launch, still sort of going very well. Um, my Facebook ads account seems to be completely banned. Um, I'm not going to go into great detail with it, but I have written a blog post on paulteague.com this week. I'll put it in the show notes if you can't find it. Uh, it's called Facebook Judge, Jury and Executioner. And in that blog post, I outline in every single detail my altercation with Facebook. Now, if you do advertise with Facebook or you intend to advertise with Facebook, I highly recommend that you read it because I've put everything on there, the ads, I've put all the communications that we had and you can just see how impossible Facebook are to work with when you get kind of caught in this this trap where for some reason they think you've done something wrong. Um, I'm pretty confident I haven't done something wrong. I'm very, very, very confident I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, because I, I stick to the guidelines. So um, it's incredibly frustrating for me to have my Facebook account locked because I would be sending a lot of traffic um, from Facebook. I had some ads that were really working right at the beginning of this promo. I was getting really uh, cheap clicks and, and they just locked them and they won't let me have my account back. Um, I've also done something else. I, I try and advertise this with my wife's account. They lock that too. So we, we really are in a sort of stalemate with Facebook at the moment. But I'm not going to go into that in any great detail other than to recommend to you that if you do or you are thinking of advertising um, on Facebook, do read that um, article and then you'll see how vulnerable you are as an advertiser. And the kind of silver lining to the cloud is that I've discovered BookBub ads and they're working really, really well for me. And I've, I bought Mark Dawson's training uh, ages ago. I bought the Facebook training. One of the things I love about Mark Dawson's training is that when you buy, I can't even remember what I bought now, um, but he keeps piling everything else in for free. So you pay once, and it was quite a lot of money when I, I bought it. It was £450 or something like that. You know, it's the kind of price where you, you think carefully about it. And they just keep adding the training. It's fantastic. So I haven't paid anything more. I just keep getting all these courses. And what I did is I went through Adam Croft's training uh, this week. And, of course, learned all sorts of things I should have known before I started spending my money. And now I'm sort of doing BookBub ads, hopefully, the proper way, or certainly the way Adam advised, and getting some very good uh, click rates from it. I'm a big fan, a big instant convert to BookBub ads. I really like them. I love the way 
that you could turn on and turn off different territories that you could advertise to Barnes and Noble or Kobo or iBooks. Really, really good. I, you know, I got to say, and Adam actually in, in the training says these are the best ads to use, and I, I got to say. I agree. So if, if, if I do succeed in getting Facebook to turn my account back on, of course, I'll be using Facebook ads again. But I'm now a big convert to BookBub ads. I like them a lot. And if you haven't given them the time of day, I really can't recommend them highly enough uh, to you. I, I, you know, Amazon ads are what they are. Um, I, I find Amazon ads quite difficult. The reporting is slow. I do have Amazon ads going. I think the Amazon ad that I have on my nonfiction works really well. Um, as I said to you, I make it about £100. I know it's not a lot of money, but uh, I've never made this on paperbacks before, but I make it about £100 profit probably on my MailChimp book uh, every, every month at the moment, probably a bit more than that. Um, and that's all because of, of, of just a, a, an Amazon ad that's, I think, working really well. So I am going to try more Amazon ads. I do need to drive more traffic. But I find Amazon ads just very difficult because the reporting's so slow, um, and and I I just got an instant reaction, an instant buzz from uh, BookBub ads. So do check it out. There's also, by the way, Adam has done a, a free video. If you haven't got Mark Dawson's training, Adam's done a free video for the Alliance of Independent Authors. If I remember, I'll put that on the resources page. But if I forget, just do a search in Google Alliance of Independent Authors Adam Croft BookBub, and it will find uh, that training. But uh, yeah, love book ads. Uh, just to let you know, this is um, when you do a big launch like this. And I'm sure this happened last time. When you get so many readers reading your book, they often find errors. And I had an error report from Amazon the other day. And when you get this, you think, oh, right, what have I done? Um, and it reported three errors. One of them was a missing full stop, um, which was fine. I just went into Vellum, replaced it, re-uploaded the file. One of them was interesting. I'd used the word uh, pratting around. So the sentence was, I scolded myself for pratting around. Uh, so, so pratting around is, is very English. It's very UK English. Um, and the correction that the reader had put was, I scolded myself for prattling around. Well, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say pratting around. Now, this was a really good example, I thought, of me writing um, some very English phrases and people in America just not not getting it or not knowing what you mean. So what I what I did there is I didn't change it to prattling around because that isn't what I meant. Um, but I, I think I just maybe said time wasted or something like that, you know, wasting valuable time or something. But I did rephrase it um, because it was quite clear that a person had misunderstood what I was saying. And I am going to have to think about this. I'm, you know, I'm selling. I know I sell most of my books in America and, and, and Canada now in Kobo. So I, I am going to have to think about the language that I use, because I do use quite a lot of uh, English slang in, in, in the thriller books, particularly. And then there was another uh, error, um, and I didn't uphold that, actually. It was, a, it was an unusual one, because it reported an error, but I didn't see the error in my file. So I don't know whether they had an old version of the book or something like that, but um, you know they, they reported an error, and the, the error wasn't there. So all that was missing was a full stop. And this is the joy of being in Vellum, that you just go into your Vellum file, you find the spot, you change it, you upload the file to all the portals, and you're done in 10 minutes. I did it before I went out to work, which was fantastic. Um, but when, you've got, when you do a launch like BookBub, you've presumably got hundreds, if not thousands, of people pouring all over your book. You're soon going to find out pretty fast if you've got some problems in it. Um, so I, I, 
I'm just looking at all the lists of things that I've got here. Yeah, I, something I did mention, uh, wanted to mention to you. I'd said quite a while ago in the podcast diary that I was I didn't intend to make "Don't Tell Meg" free, and I excluded. I would have excluded from that um, free promos, but I never intended to make "Don't Tell Meg" perma free. And indeed, I, I, it's not perma free at the moment, but it is. It has been free a lot longer than I intended it to be. So when I did this book bug promo, I thought, right, it'll be five days. It'll be just like a, a normal KDP Select promo uh, where you get a five-day window. It's free for five days, and then you uh, revert it back to its normal price. And that's how I expected this one to go. But what was quite clear to me when I looked at the numbers was that I was getting great read-through and that actually I thought it was more in my interests to leave Don't Tell Meg for free while I've got all this traffic and this prominence because I'm making my money on books two and three, I felt that it would be crazy to start charging for Don't Tell Meg. So Don't Tell Meg is not perma-free. And actually looking at the sort of drop that I had today in the, in, in the income for iBooks, I'll see whether that's just a one-day drop or whether we're beginning on the decline now. If I think we're on the decline, I will put the price back on. And then for a short flurry, you, you get kind of a lot of traffic, the combination of a lot of traffic, and they come to the page, but the, the book's for sale, where you get a little boost in your income, and then it sort of levels out a bit more. So I am watching the numbers. I'm comparing the numbers with what happened last time, and I will make a judgment about when Don't Tell Meg goes back to being paid. So it's not perma-free. It's still on a promo, but I'm not putting it back yet because it's working too well for free. So I just wanted to qualify that because I had said... I never intended to make uh, Don't Tell Meg free. It's not, and, and I don't think it will be perma-free. You know, you never say never in this game, because if something's working and I'm making money, I, I would make it perma-free, but I don't really want to devalue Don't Tell Meg. So it is still very much on a promo. I was doing some diary planning this week, and I've decided, that this is quite controversial, really, if you know me, I'm not going to, I don't, well, I don't think I'm going to do any writing till October. So again, never say never, but I'm not planning now to do any new writing until October, which is quite a long way out. The reason for that is, is that I am finding this marketing time so productive and so valuable. This is, it's really working for me having this time concentrating on my marketing. And as I said to you before, there's no point in me producing more and more books if I'm not selling the books that I've already created. So all the things I'm doing at the moment, there's a, I've got this great pincer movement on to, to try and get my sci-fis now into a book bub, to squeeze as much money as I can out of the books I've got, and to use every little trick, every little marketing trick that I know to squeeze sales out. And, and with that in mind, the, um, the six-pack box set that I've had on Payhip um, is working well. It's it's bringing sales in, guys. You know, it, it's working well. So what I've made is I made the seven-pack box set the other day. So when Who to Trust is out of um, KDP Select, which is on the 28th of August, I'll change the six-pack to a seven-pack, so it has all my thrillers in. And last week, I created the seven-pack of sci-fi books as well. And so every uh, every free book that I give away as a promo and Insta freebie or book funnel, at the beginning and end is going to have a call to action and a special sales page to buy that book from me direct via PayHip. And, and the payments, you know, have been coming in nice and steady. Fantastic. It's great. It works, everybody. So I highly recommend it to you. Um, 
And then the other thing I realized, you know, when you're, you're doing things, and I'm thinking it through, I'm thinking it through, I'm reviewing it. And I thought, do you know what? I missed a trick. I missed a trick. I always, I, you always miss tricks, don't you? But so long as you spot them and you put them right. Um, I, I've missed a trick. I'm trying to work out. I've been trying to work out, number one, why why doesn't anybody read? I get great read through on, on the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. And, and if you've enjoyed the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, if you look at the reviews on that, obviously with Don't Tell Meg, that's the free one. You get people there who, who love it and people who hate it because it's free. Um, but by the time you get to books two and three, they know the style, that they know whether they like it or not. And I'm pretty well getting you know, four or five star reviews on books two and three. People really like those books. Um, you know, so as I say, you get the lower scores on the free book where people are trying it. And then I'm getting high scores on books two and three. And so I was thinking, right, you know, and, and sort of people feel like it's a roller coaster of a ride. They love the trilogy if they get that far. And I was thinking, so why aren't they reading onto the other books? And so I thought, wow, well, you've missed a trick, Paul. So what I've done at the end of Don't Tell Meg 3 now is I've put the first chapter of Dead of Night, which is really fast. It takes you straight into the action. There's no hanging around with Dead of Night. Uh, because I, I kind of want people to be left... You know when you, you read a trilogy or you read a book and you think, oh, I'm so disappointed that's over. I want them to start reading again and think, oh, blimey, we're, we're, we're straight in the heart of another story here. So I've, I've put an extract from Dead of Night in. And then in all my standalones now, I'm going to have an extract. Um, I'm going to try two things. I'm going to try an extract for Don't Tell Meg so that you get into the trilogy. And I'm also going to try, I'm going to sort of split test it. Uh, and I'm going to try an extract to another standalone. But I, I should be able to, if people love the Don't Tell Meg, they should be reading my standalones. And I'm not feeling this. In the way that I'm feeling the read-throughs on the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, I'm definitely not feeling the read-throughs on the other book. So I, I've got to do something about that. Um, given, given that I've got all this traffic and given that by the time you get to Don't Tell Meg 3 um, in the trilogy, you, you clearly like my stuff, you like my story, so you need to be buying more from me at that point. So uh, that's something I'm going to be doing over the next week. And, and to be honest with you, you know, I've done this before. If you read the Secret Bunker trilogy or you read the Grid trilogy, I've got extracts from each of the books at, at, at the end of each book. So I tease you all the time in those books. So I, I knew how to do that right from day one, but I didn't do it in my thrillers. So, you know, sometimes it just takes a little while to catch up, doesn't it? But this is why I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm really getting a lot out of this marketing time. You know, I'm just doing so many things behind the scenes and it really just feels like I'm getting on top of this in the way that I felt like it was slipping away from me. So this feels like the right thing for me to do at the moment. And the other thing is, is I told you about my income. I don't have the income yet to get the um, the book So Many Lies I've Just Written. I don't have the income to get that edited just yet. Um, I think I'll get that income over the next month. So I'm hoping that I can get Don't Tell, sorry, So Many Lies edited. Um, so I, I'll need to give myself some time to work through that and do the rewrites on that. Um, so I'm thinking I'll probably write, I was just working out the other day, if I, if I start writing at the beginning of October, I can have another 90,000 worder done by Christmas, but I will just see how the time goes, but I quite fancy having what would have been writing days as marketing days through September so I can get more stuff done. And then I think I think by we get by the time we get to October time I should be pretty ship shape, I hope. And I should have earned the money to get the edit done on so many lies. There's very little point in me writing another book if I can't afford to get the last book out there. Um, and also of course I'm going to be pushing, pushing, pushing to get book bubs now on my sci-fi's. So that's kind of the plan. No more writing until October. I'm pretty sure 
pretty sure at the moment that's how it's going to be. I think it's going to be all marketing up to the 1st of October. The other thing I've been thinking about too is just been reflecting on this. You know, I was going to have Project Bloodhound. The spirit of Project Bloodhound, really, is is to get kind of a developmental editor on the books. It's really to get expertise. It's to get the expertise of people who know what they're doing in my field. And I was thinking about that again. I was just sort of thinking about the money that I make um, from, from the book bumps and things and, and thinking how long I've been at the top of the charts on iBooks. And thinking, well, if you know, if I was with another publisher, I wouldn't be taking any of this money. I, I, I mean, I, I I don't know whether any of the people I know who are with Bloodhound would ever, you know, share the amount of money that they bring in, because uh, I'd, I'd like to know how it compares to what you bring in as an indie author. So you know, we're very transparent about as indie authors what we earn, but other other authors are less transparent. But I, I'd like to know. I, I might just even if I get it confidential, I'd like to know how much. Bloodhound authors, you know, a sort of a midway author, like, well, I'm less than midway, but a midway author on Bloodhound, just a normal author, you know, who's not, who's not number one on the charts all the time, just just producing the books. I'd like to know how they do. So I might try and get that information out of somebody at some point because I, I, I'd like to know. But I was I was thinking about Bloodhound. You know, I've just been doing a lot of thinking, thinking, you know, I, you know, I just. I'm, I'm selling a lot of books. I, 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 I'm making some decent money. Enough people like those books. I've just been thinking to myself, you know, what I should be doing really is writing sequels to the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. That's really what I should be doing, I think. And so I'm sort of more minded at the moment. I've, I've got a number of things floating around. It's very, very difficult to know. So I was going to do a Project Bloodhound. I might just part that for a while now. Um, I was, I was, I was going to write a science fiction. Very keen to do this literary fiction, sci-fi. But actually, from a sales point of view, I was just thinking, what, what should I do next? From a sales point of view, and my feeling is, you know, with Don't Tell Meg, I've got, I've got a trilogy, I've got a series where people love the characters, they like the story, and people seem to want more. They feel like if they've gone, if they've read the story, they feel like it's a roller coaster. And so I ought to give them more. And there's plenty of characters in there. There's, I was just fleshing out where I would go with the next four novels. And I thought, you know, there's plenty, plenty to go for here. So that's what I'm thinking about at the moment, writing sequels with the characters in that novel, in, in, in that trilogy. And, and maybe, um, you know, writing a series, writing a series with the character, the central character who's called Pete Bailey um, and, and around him. Because I've got some lovely characters in that book. There's a guy... He's terrible, and I can't remember the names of my own characters, but there's a guy who's kind of a clairvoyant who just dips in and out of the story. And I'd like to tell his story. And uh, Pete's, well, it was it used to be Pete's um, sort of girlfriend. Um, and he's uh, he, he and this lady get together, and there's a story to tell there. There's a DCI who's in the story. I'd like to find out more about her. I really liked her as a character. And I, I reckon I could fairly easily get three to four stories out, you know, with those characters. So that's where I'm heading at the moment, thinking, well, Project Bloodhound, maybe just park that for a little while um, and, and maybe just write more in that series. But, you know, as you know, it, it's always shifted sands with me. <laughs> for, you know, two months time, the sales might have turned trickled to nothing and, uh, and I'm despairing once again. So we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. The, the, the next thing, really, is that I need to make the money from this launch. I, I think we're going to get there now. It looks like we'll get there. I need to make the money 
to get so many lies edited and published because there's not a lot of point writing anything else until I can get it edited and published. It wasn't suitable, I didn't feel, to submit to Bloodhound. It felt like it was very much a, a Paul J. Teague self-published thriller. It didn't feel like it would sit comfortably uh, with Bloodhound. So, um, you know, that's where I am really with, with that particular project. Okay, what have I got to tell you? On Patreon. Oh, there's lots happening on Patreon. I think we reached 20 supporters this week. Thank you very much if you're a brand new supporter. What I would say to you is I'm putting a lot of content on Patreon now. Uh, I think we're on 20 supporters now. When we get to 30, I will start to do monthly Q&A. It's worth my while doing monthly Q&A at that point. So you'll be able to submit any questions you want, and I'll do a monthly video, and you'll get personal replies to those questions. So the least you could sponsor me for is a dollar a month, $12 a year for Patreon. And I added, or I, I've certainly added one video this week. I'm about to do the other. I, I recorded it this morning, but because I was up really early after six, I was still croaky and I hadn't drunk a cup of tea. So I had to cough three times in it to clear my throat. I just need to edit that out and then I'll upload it. So ho hopefully some point tonight I'll get that done. Um, but two videos this week. One was answering a question from a, uh, somebody who supports me on Patreon, who was asking me, um, he's, he's written his first book, he was saying, I haven't got a lot of money, which kind of editor should I use? Should I use a copy editor, a proofreader, or a developmental editor? So I gave my thoughts and experiences on that in Patreon this week. And then the other thing I've done, if you use WordPress, you'll know that something called Gutenberg is on its way, which is a new WordPress interface. And interestingly, the blog post I've just written uh, on my paulteague.com uh, blog called uh, Facebook Judge, Jury and Executioner, that was written using the Gutenberg interface. So I used it for the first time. So I've done a little video while I was writing that post, talking you through it and showing you what I like and what I don't like about it. So again, if you use WordPress, that's one of the exclusive videos that I'm popping into Patreon. And it's just working. I, I'm... Patreon is just working beautifully for me at the moment. I'm very, very happy with it, which is why I'm so keen to get more of you inside. So if you listen to this, and it's interesting, actually, um, people are joining me on Patreon who I'm not connected with in any way at all on, on Twitter or Facebook. It's really great when you see somebody there who's obviously been listening, um, and that, but that's the first time, if you want, they've, they've surfaced so I can say hello and start making a, a sort of relationship with them, which is great. It's really nice to know who's listening. So um, I would love to see you in Patreon. I'm, it's working very, very well. There's a lot of videos in there now. And the best way I can describe it is it's the DVD extras for the podcast. So all the things you hear me talking about in the podcast, I kind of show you how to do or I give you more insights within the Patreon portal. And if you mention something to me, if you ask me a question, uh, then I'll answer it as well in there. But eventually, when we get to 30 people, we'll move to that kind of um, monthly Q&A session where you'll just be able to submit as many questions as you want and I'll work through them in a kind of informal situation on camera, uh, just like a kind of webinar or a Facebook Live or something like that. But I'm really loving the kind of comments and the chats that people are having in there. And you know I've resisted having a Facebook group. I really didn't want to have a Facebook group because it just felt like one more thing to do. But actually the, pa the Patreon group is working just like a Facebook group. Um, people are talking with each other, commenting. It's really, it's just really good. It's just a, a naturally growing community. So I would love to see you in there. If you've ever got any value from this podcast, if the value you get from this podcast is worth $12 to you a year, then please support me on Patreon. Let's get those supporters up to 30. When we hit the magic 30, I will do a monthly Q&A 
and then you can ask me whatever you want. And as you know, you'll get an honest answer. You get no BS from me. You'll get an honest answer. Whether it's the right one or not, I don't know. But you'll certainly get an honest answer. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, kind of, you know, with my four or five years' experience. Um, I'll, I'll give you my answer, and you'll have a direct line to me. Okay, so I hope that was uh, useful for you. I will be back next week. We don't have a, an interview episode on Monday because uh, that's not going to be... When's the next interview episode? Let's have a look at my schedule. It's going to be September the 3rd, the next interview episode. And I will be starting to record new podcast interviews very soon because uh, I'm aiming to start or restart the weekly interview episodes from Monday the 1st of October. I should be able to hit that target fairly comfortably. We've got a whole list now of, of podcast prospects. If I've talked to you about being a guest on the podcast, I'll be coming for you very soon um, because you're on my little list on my my board. Loads of people to talk to um, you know, that I've met over the summer and I've been talking to. So loads of guests, um, just got to get them all booked in and start recording them. And the regular interviews start again uh, Monday the 1st of October. Very, very interesting actually that my numbers haven't dropped uh, without the interview episodes. Uh, so either that means we're kind of growing and it does feel like a little bit like we're in a period of growth at the moment. When you, it's just, I, you, I can usually tell it just by the number of people who, who reach out and say, hello, I've just discovered the podcast. So it just feel like we might be in a period of growth. So when I get back to those weekly interview episodes, I'm hoping that, you know, again, the, the podcast will move a notch up in terms of listeners and interaction. That's it from me then. I, uh, hopefully you're as surprised as I am to hear that I won't be writing until um, October now. All plans subject to change, you know, read the small print and all of that. I'll be back with another Paul's Podcast Diary next Saturday. In the meantime, I've got a glass of red wine to finish at a Rudrig concert to enjoy this weekend. Speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.